Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. What's up, guys? Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about career agility in marketing. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Angelina Jaspers. How are you? I'm very good, Anatoly. How are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah. On Friday, I always have positive mindset. By the way, I have on Monday as well. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, if you wake up in the morning and can set up the positive mindset, it doesn't matter what kind of day you have, how many things you need to do. Just uh, relax, enjoy the process, go ahead, choose priorities, don't try to do anything. Yeah. And uh, with such mindset, you can go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally agree. Mindsets, mindset is key. Yeah. Uh, please tell about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about career agility. Okay, great. Sure. A little bit about me. I'm a lifelong marketing professional, and every day I strive to learn something new, not only to have a positive mindset, but to learn something new. And that's why I like to say that I'm a student and teacher of marketing and career agility. I spent the last three to four decades in corporate America, everything from building brands and reputations and teams and pipelines to driving demand. And um, I really learned a lot about how important flexibility, resilience, and agility is in having a successful long career. Um, I've experienced revolving door CEOs, lots of business course corrections, disappointing quarters. Uh, you know, budget re refreshes. And it wasn't until I was tapped to lead a couple marketing transformations. This is big scale, pretty massive marketing transformations that I really learned a lot about and got an inside view into, I want to say career winners and career losers during change and disruption. So today I, I share that knowledge and insight with, um, with the next generation. I'm also an author of a book, Marketing Flexology, How to Outsmart Change and um, uh, Future-Proof Your Career. So I look like I'm... Whoa, it looks like I'm frozen there. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, just your screen because I can hear voice well. So Beautiful, uh, okay. Yeah, you can reload, by the way. Uh, just click settings, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, okay. Uh, I, okay. Uh, Angelina is reloading uh, your uh, screen, and uh, uh, I wanna tell guys: uh, if you wanna uh, go ahead, the first thing you what you need to do in marketing, you need to choose priorities. Don't try to be jack of all trades, master of none. Just choose something that works for you. Uh, and marketing is huge. You can't be successful everywhere just choose one direction seo paid marketing social media content marketing uh even audio podcast for example you can see that i host my audio podcast i can invite awesome speakers i can learn from them but i pay attention to something that works for me and it helps me to go ahead it helps me to overcome all obstacles that i have during the way uh, and uh, i found one interesting thing the best what you can do is doing, not learning. You know, uh, the best marketers are practitioners. 
the best entrepreneurs are practitioners. Uh, okay, you can read books, you can learn, uh, you can listen to audio podcasts, uh, but if you do nothing, you can get awesome results. You need to do something, you need uh, to uh, provide, and then results will come. Oh, Angelina is getting back, so <laughs> Angelina, just tell uh, more about your book, because, you know, I, I love reading books. It's my passion. I can spend time. Give me a solid reason why I need to read your book, why my audience need to read your book, because, you know, I think from books we can get the foundation of skills. Tell more about benefits on, in your book. Okay. Boy, I'm sorry about that connection. I don't know what happened right there. But uh, anyway, we're back. And I think we're real live examples of agility and resilience in action. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, uh, for me, uh, things happen. But you need to stay positive and go ahead. So you can't avoid any mistakes, errors. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, I, th I think uh, in low connection, many other stuff, it's possible. But just go ahead and enjoy the process. <laughs> yeah. Wh what do you think about, uh, oh, we lost Angelina uh, again. Uh, and, okay, guys, um, le let me continue with that. Uh, about uh, reading uh and learning for example i usually read a lot of blog posts i usually uh, read books uh, i consume content but i only 20 percent of my time 80 percent of my time i'm acting i'm doing something i'm testing i'm failing i'm winning so it depends you can fail win but uh, you can fail you can learn from failures you can learn something that actually works for you oh Angelina is getting back one more time. <laughs> you know, it's Friday. You know, on this day, we have some surprises, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure what happened. But anyway, here I am again. And I'm not mm. using my Logitech. I'm actually using my microphone and my computer now. So we'll see if that works a little bit better. You can still hear yeah. me okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So, that so, sounds, sounds good. Sounds okay. Good. okay. Sounds great. Uh, let's okay. uh, Start from your book. Can you provide benefits of uh, your book? What kind of benefits uh, you uh, share on your book? Uh, how it can help others uh, to grow, to overcome obstacles and be better uh, specialists? Yeah. So my book is based on my, like I said, 30 plus years of marketing experience, really in the front lines, seeing, uh, like I mentioned, uh, how marketing managers and directors and leaders manage and mismanage their teams, their budgets, their agencies, and their, um, you know, just their, in general, their teams and their people. And so what I did is in the book is really provide a framework for other marketing leaders to avoid making some of the same mistakes. So I, I like what you said up front, Anatoly, about a mindset, because I think um, half the book is about developing a marketing agility mindset. And then the second half of the book is really about the tool set. And I think the tool set is probably easier to share and to teach than the mindset. The mindset, although I spend a lot of time talking about the traits and, you know, being business first instead of me first and those types of things. Uh, but then I get into what are the dials, what are the tools, what are some of the core essentials to building uh, an organization, a marketing capability that can sway with the punches, you know, so that when you do have a disappointing quarter, which we all do, when you do have a management, uh, a business disruption, a new competitor enters your space, that you can pivot, you know, sway with the punches 
and pivot and really start performing and get back on track really quickly without losing, um, without you losing your job, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Got it. Uh, I'm interested about how to choose the right direction in marketing because marketing is huge. Yeah, we have many different sure. types of marketing, digital yeah. marketing. We can divide SEO, paid marketing, uh, social media, content uh, creation. Many different directions. How to yeah. choose the right way? Because, you know, the reason why I'm asking about that, I see when content creators trying to be jack of all trades, you know, to cover everything. Yeah. For me personally, I, I want to know everything, but I can't be successful and be the be- become the best. If you want to become the best, choose one specific direction. And I know marketers who, for example, create only one link building technique to earn million dollars, you know. They don't provide anything else, just focus in one specific technique. Can you tell from your experience how to find this direction? Yeah, now that's, that's what I love about marketing. You know, it's not a boring profession. It's ever-changing, you know, and as a result, there's a lot of avenues where you can go. You can be front office, back office, operation, you know, a brand, demand. You know, there's so many different ways you can go because it's really the heartbeat of an organization. So I like to tell, you know, new students, you know, just coming into career professionals, coming into the marketing professionals, that they really have to have a marketable skill, right? I mean, you have to have some skill set in order to get hired, you know, so that's where, you know, you have this thing about ability and agility, you know, ability, you have to have something, whether it's SEO or data analysis or a copywriting experience or automate, you know, something in your toolbox that is that people will pay you for. So I started out in public relations. So I had a degree and in, in under advanced degree actually in public relations and editorial and writing. So I started out in PR, but very quickly I moved from PR to marketing communications, which was an easy migration. And then from there I moved, you know, as I kept moving up the career, um, you know, the career progression or whatever, you know, I was just mm-hmm. given more and more responsibility. And then I've worked in the region level, the global level, the corporate level. I think the, uh, so the advice I think is to have marketable skills along the way. I do think ag- agility becomes more important um, and the ability to see cross-functional becomes more important as the higher up in the organization you go. So it's mm-hmm. good to be grounded and have some core skills you can, because, you know, no one in marketing just re- manages and directs. Everybody rolls up their sleeves and gets the work done, it, it, from my experience, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, let's talk about uh, doing more than learning. You know, I, I see when uh, marketers uh, learn a lot, spend time uh, by reading books, uh, blog posts, uh, yeah. taking courses. But, you know, uh, the best marketers are practitioners. They uh, they speak on conferences. They create their content. They uh, test many different things. And uh, I found that the best marketers uh, don't learn a lot because they learn from experience, you know, to find something that works for them. Can you tell about uh, practice more? How to practice, uh, if, for example, if you started from scratch without any experience and how to practice all this stuff? Yeah, so experience is a wonderful teacher, as you know. And I think um, uh, that's probably the best way of learning, learning by doing, right, is, is how you learn. You learn from your mistakes. You learn from others. You learn from your coaches, you know, your boss, your coaches, your peers. So I think learning by doing is critical. Uh, you know, there's a model called, I don't know if you've heard about it, Anatoly, it's called the 70-20-10 model. 
They use it in learning and development, L&D communities, um, in companies. Anyway, it says that 70% of your learning comes from experience. And that's why picking the right experience for you at that time is so critical, you know, because uh, I've, you've probably heard before, someone will say, I've been in digital marketing for 10 years. Well, you say, are they 10 progressive years in digital marketing? Or did you do 10 years, one year of digital marketing 10 times? You know, are you progressing and learning new things, new skills? So 70% is from learning and doing and the coaching, but then 70% is learning from others. So that's where other people, mentors, coaches, et cetera, uh, you observe other people and they will help you along the way, whether it's a sponsor. And then only 10% is from, like you said, you know, those conferences, the books, the podcasts, very, very important. But companies really don't invest um, in um, employees learning and development as much as they used to. When I started in marketing, you know, we had six weeks of training a year. I mean, it was really very rigorously enforced that we had lots and lots of training. And um, I, I valued that a lot. But now you're really on your own. So that's why I think the experience and each block of experience. And sometimes you might want to take a lateral move. You know, you're doing something, but you say this will give me experience or exposure to a new industry, a new competitive set, new technology a new tool set, you know, something that can add something to your repertoire. So um, mm. I think experience is very valuable. So yeah, pick nice, wisely, nice. pick wisely, those sets of experience, right? And don't stay in a company too long, you know, because tenure is a double-edged sword. You know, it can be, um, you know, I spent 14 years at HP, for instance, Hewlett Packard, Hewlett Packard. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. I, re I remember people saying, and I had, six different CEOs over those 14 years. So in six different CMOs. So it was really a very different company every two years and this direction, that direction, region, company, corporate region. But um, I remember at the end saying, the good news is you have 14 years of experience at HP. The bad news is you have 14 years of experience at HP. So what's that fine line, you know, between tenure and, um, you know, experience, because uh, tenure can be a double-edged sword, so. Nice, I love it, love it. Okay, uh, you mentioned that you started from PR. And yeah. uh, I found, you know, PR specialists are great marketers because they can personalize the message and think about sharing value. Uh, because, um, you know, for example, when um, I'm looking for new PR uh, specialists or agencies, I usually check out them. And many of them tell, okay, I can get you backlinks mentions from forbes bloomberg many other websites yeah. and when they write press release i see oh, overselling without any value uh, without any personalization just yeah. uh, uh, template uh, with uh, my company name can you tell about personalization how to uh, personalize uh, messages uh, and uh, because you know for example if i create a piece of content if i wanna uh, get these mentions on uh, publications, uh, popular publications, how give a solid reason to be published? Yeah. So personalization has, uh, you know, that's a very big, you know, it's not just one to many, you know, it's one to few, but really the goal is one to one, right? And that's personalization. But unfortunately, it's very difficult to scale personalization, right? And that's mm -hmm. why I think a lot of companies have settled on ABM, you know, account-based marketing, because it's really one to few. 
But anyway, so personalization is time consuming. So I, I don't think you can personalize to every single person, but I think you can personalize to groups or categories of people. And that's why buyer personas become so valuable. And so for PR, you know, the same thing. It's like, who are you writing for? The first thing it's, you know, we call it buyer personas, but it's like, who is your audience? You know, who's going to digest this? And I think the core skill in uh, PR really is, and in writing, and, and, you know, PR is very valuable training or editorial because now it's copywriting. Now it's content writing and content is king now, right? Everybody wants content, content, content. That starts with writing. And where do you learn writing? You know, PR training is very very good for that. And I, I agree, a lot of people don't pay attention to um, good quality writing. It's really the ability of marketing, I think, to digest complex amounts of and large volumes of information and make it relevant to you as a person. So that's where what you're mm -hmm. talking about, the personalization. It's really tough to scale. I don't know, Anatoly, if you've had better luck with personalization, I think it's, I mean, the analytics help, you know, but I still get things, you know, directed at me that, you know, are mismatched, you know, that, you know, they got things wrong. So they really don't know me, but they know kind of people like me. So I think yeah. one, to, one to few or one to select is probably the best right now where, where people have landed, where that's economical and it's a scalable. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you've had better luck with it than, than most of the companies <laughs> I've worked with. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No, I, you know, uh, I, I remember this quote in marketing. If you sell to anyone, that means you sell to, to, no, to one. no one. So, right. yeah. Totally yeah. agree. You can't make it too generic. But on the other hand, people will say, I want this message map, but here's my seven audiences. And it's like, well, you know, that's, and then who's going to maintain that? You know, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of maintenance and version control and maintaining you know, that's why the content management systems come into play, but it's a, it's a real, it's so critical, but it's so time consuming. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, I found one interesting thing that uh, book offers usually are great with uh, sharing stories, you know, uh, and for example, when I see a new <coughs> advertisement from BMW or Apple, I, I see stories. I don't see new uh, awesome products i see uh, how uh, tim cook can share about new apple watch for example i bought after this this apple watch you know because he sold me the story by the way i i bought three items because i need to buy to my son to my wife so yeah <laughs> but you know uh, i i bought this uh, story how apple watch can decide problems how can simplify my life uh, and uh, i found the book offers usually share stories, great stories. Can you tell how to craft a story today that can uh, touch uh, customers' minds? Yeah, I, you're, you hit it on the head. Storytelling is so critical. You know, we used mm -hmm. to call them parables, right? So, I mean, storytelling, it's the only thing people remember that can be passed down because people won't remember the facts and figures. They won't remember bits and bytes, but they'll remember how you made them feel or the story behind yeah. it. And so that's why uh, I, I think... It's very, very powerful to uh, for marketers not only to be uh, into the creative aspect of marketing is very, very important. And I think sometimes, you know, I think we we as marketers kind of are in a little bit of a trap because we've become so analytic focused that we most marketers I know sit behind their computer screens, you know, 
uh, managing variables, switching out variables and algorithms, you know, in A-B testing, A-B-C-D testing to see what resonates. And while that's important, I don't think manipulating variables, to that's not what's going to win the hearts and minds of a customer or consumer or your new, mm-hmm. your, new, your new investor or whatever. I think you have to tell a compelling story. And that starts with the very top messaging, you know, level one, two, three, four. You can get to the bits and bytes and product features, call to action. But at the top, you have to have a reason why, you know, something that's really bigger, bigger than the product, bigger than the company. So. Nice, nice. Love it. Uh, okay, let's talk about buying persona. You mentioned about about buying persona. Can you help to create a buying persona uh, for new project? Uh, for example, if someone created high quality product and uh, uh, have the goal to sell a lot, yeah. uh, to get a lot of sales, how to create buying persona? Yeah. So I'm. I'm so buyer persona. How to create them? Mm. So usually people say what they look at the demographics of, um, you know, their their key target audience and then say, what are those data elements that are associated with them? You know, are they college educated? Are they male, female? You know, what do they read? What shows do they attend to? You know, so I don't have a formula right in front of me, but then they usually a lot of people name them like Sally or Billy or whatever. And then um, they'll put a whole story around who that buyer is, that persona is, what's their pain points, uh, where do they go, where do they shop, what makes them tick, you know, and why would they be interested in your product? And that helps marketers, I think, get inside the head of the customer. But, you know, there's nothing like getting up front and personal and meeting with people face to face because no one really fits into a unique buyer persona. Yeah, you could be the decision maker, you could be. Um, someone in finance or someone in legal. I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot of work to be done still in, you can tag, yeah. you know, add tags to people, <laughs> but there's a lot more work. I mean, every, and then yeah. people change, right? They, they're at home and at work and they're two different people. So. Yeah. Uh, Angelina, I have the question about uh, your career. For example, uh, you have uh, <clears throat> this awesome career, 30 years. And uh, I check out a few studies online that CEOs and sales people uh, don't trust marketers, you know, yeah. Uh, because of many things. Can you tell how to convince uh, stakeholders, uh, uh, decision makers that they need to spend some budget with marketing? It's important because, you know, uh, uh, Companies often, uh, you know, they want to get sales today, but marketing takes time, you know, to craft the message, uh, to create brand awareness. So tell uh, your methods how to convince CEOs or uh, any other uh, decision makers uh, about marketing budget. Yeah, no, so you're absolutely right. Uh, They expect you to hit the ground running. They expect, and CEO or CMOs, as you know, have short tenures. You know, there's a lot of mistrust with uh, the CMO community. We don't have any professional code of ethics, you know, in our profession. We don't have any um, standardized metrics. You know, you go from one company to the next company to the next company and all the marketing metrics are, are... So we hurt ourselves, I think, as marketers in the marketing community by not having that cohesiveness uh, across our, our, our discipline across the marketing function. So how do you convince a CEO? I think it's really by... 
um, your everyday actions. It's by, you have to ask questions. You have to deliver while you're asking questions. So you want to buy a little bit more time, but um, it's simply having, hopefully most marketers, well, I don't know, most senior managers are a little bit more enlightened, but I've found plenty that aren't. And they're just looking for, you know, I've had people say, you know, I've given you 200,000. Where's the avalanche of leads? It's like, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's not like, you know, you have this money and all of a sudden you're going to turn out an avalanche of leads. So it's an education process. It's tiring. <laughs> you know, you have to have a, you have to have a good advocate. I think I, I would make finance your best friend. Mm-hmm. If you can get the finance that the, um, a chief financial officer on your side, I think that is a very good partnership to cultivate, quite frankly. And uh, because, you know, they really look at things very, very differently. But if you can win them over and understand, they, and they'll give you a little bit of lead time, you know, more than 30, 60, 90 days. But if you're stepping into an organization that's only looking for generating leads and not really caring about their brand or reputation, well, shame on them. Maybe it's the wrong organization for you to be in. You know, they, that's not, they can dial for dollars if they want. So hopefully companies, you know, there's plenty of research out there. So hopefully companies and leaders are a little bit more enlightened. We'll give you a little bit of lead time. You know, I like to say that just because you're the CMO of a company, chief marketing officer, you know, no one's saying hail to the chief, you know? (laughs) So you have to prove it. You have to prove your worth each and every day. And then over time, I think you build your trust your reputation. But I also think you have to be business minded and don't uh, and you have to use metrics that the, the C-suite understands. So basic accounting metrics, you know, all this black box metrics that marketers use, you know, um, that are important to us, perhaps, you know, they'll talk about brand equity and stuff that, you know, CEOs could care less about brand equity, brand equity studies and all that. They care about reputation. You know, they care about stock price. They care about top line, bottom line. But, you know, we hurt ourselves when we say, I mean, we've gotten into so many discussions about leads, you know, marketing qualified leads, sales qualified leads. These are true leads versus, oh, I mean, it's just, it's like gobbledygook. So no wonder they don't, you know, no wonder why they don't. Uh, It's hard to understand. It's hard to understand how we measure ourselves and hold ourselves accountable. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think uh, marketers can use personalization as well to see us, <laughs> decision makers. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have the question about, uh, you know, uh, I check out one study that 70% of people hate their jobs a lot. Oh, wow. No, yeah, yeah wow. it's a lot. And uh, according to your career, can you tell uh, why people, what do you think, why they uh, hate their jobs, why they uh, go to the job um, when they have this feeling, uh, unsatisfaction, uh, many other stuff, and, uh, uh, and what to do if you have this feeling, because I think if uh, half of people have it, uh, even more, so uh, your advice, how to go ahead with that? Yeah, I think that would be awful to go to a job that you hated, and I, I, I don't know a lot of marketers that hate their job. I think they hate the process. Uh, they mm-hmm. hate uh, the bureaucracy, they'll say. I hate the, pro- you know, all the systems, the checks. They want to just do great, brilliant marketing, you know. And so I think as leaders, it's our job to shield our teams, you know, to do their best marketing work, you know. And then we can fight the, you know, the budget crunch and, you know, all the stuff that goes on in companies, which is not a lot of fun. You know, the streamlining, the accountability, 
you know, it's more, but if we can really just marketers should be focused on marketing and on the customers and, you know, they mm -hmm. should be the advocate for the customer in the room. And if they can, I do think marketing leaders need to shield their team so marketers can do their best work, you know, and I do think, and that's what I write about in my book, you know, having a, a firm foundation that's very clear and transparent allows marketers, you know, sets the boundaries for marketers to do their best work. So, you know, I, I think we get in our own, uh, well, I think we, we create a lot of our own problems, you know, as marketers, mm -hmm. but most people do anyway. <laughs> okay, guys, you, you need to read this book. You can find this book in the description below. <laughs> and after that, you will love your job. So you will know the process <laughs> of marketing bags. Uh, I have the question about, uh, you know, uh, how to create the right marketing strategy because uh, marketing is huge Me, we have many different channels uh, from your experience how to find uh, the best strategy the best possible strategy uh, let, let's uh, call it like, like this because you know i see when uh, companies usually uh, replicate competitors they analyze them by yep. using tools average study but competitors usually use their strong sides you know uh, and i think it's better to uh, stand out from the rest and create your creativity, your strategy, considering your unique selling proposition and style. Can you tell about creating the right strategy? Yeah, I, I think the fact that you even mentioned creating a marketing strategy is brilliant. You know how many people don't even do marketing strategies? They really just do marketing tactics or programs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that if it doesn't ladder up. So I always say, you know, uh, well, it's got to start with a business strategy then the marketing strategy, then the marketing programs. But it's all got to tie all the way up to the business strategy and the business pain points. So if you listen to the CEO and what they their quarterly earnings are, it's very easy to say in their, you know, their internal uh, coffee talks and stuff, very easy, hopefully, to, to understand what are the key business challenges and what are they trying to do. And then I think marketing's goal is to uh, develop marketing strategies to help. So whether it's competitive advance, whether it's technology obsolescence, whether it's entering new markets, you know, new emerging markets, whether it's driving pipeline, which is always, you know, but it could be something that they want to win over some new investments, uh, investors or some new, uh, you know, some new or new round of venture capitalists or, or something of that nature. So if you listen to what the needs are of the business and the pain points, and then I, write them down. And then you can have that conversation with the CEO and say, you identify these five things. This is how marketing can help, but they've got a really fit hand in glove. And then they say, good, you know, how can you do this? And then you develop the programs and the, the tactics behind it. But so many marketers start the other way and they say, Oh, I want to do an 18 city road show. Why, why are you doing an 18 city road show? <laughs> Right. Why are you doing a social media program? Why are you doing a um, competitive a knockout you know, program? You know, unless the CEO said that's very important, you know, but you've got to take your cues from the business leaders and then they're more receptive to your question earlier. How do you build trust? They're more receptive to what marketing. And if you're successful in driving that, more money will come. I mean, it really does have I mean, the money does flow to worthy causes. You know, if they see results and you're listening to their pain points, instead of saying, no, we've got to drive brand awareness. And they're saying, geez, what I really want to do is, you know, put us on the map in 
you know, X, Y, Z, you know, or with this yeah. competitor in this new industry. So we're not listening. Uh, we're doing our own thing. So that's what I would, uh, the best marketing strategy is business strategy brought to nice. life. Yeah. Oh, love it, love it. Uh, <laughs> I have the question about top mistakes, uh, not, not top mistakes, uh, common mistakes uh, that you can see in marketing uh, from your experience. Can you share a list? Yeah, common mistakes. So I think um, one of the CEOs we had at HP was was really uh, interesting. And he said, uh, and I, I remember it all these years later, he said, every hire and every fire, every person you hire and every person you fire sends a signal to the organization on what you value. And it really mm -hmm. struck with me. And I thought, yeah, you know, that really, so I think the mistakes marketers make is they don't adhere to, um, uh, they don't ascribe or they don't adhere to a standard. I mean, and what I mean by that is, or a standard, um, transparency in how they operate. Mm -hmm. So they'll hire someone that they worked with at another company, you know, that might be a director to report to the CMO, but the CMO only has VPs. And all of a sudden you have this director, or you might have a VP reporting to a VP that sends a signal to the organization of what you value and where they fit in the organization. Then they know it's mm -hmm. all about relationships and not about merit or not about performance. Or, you know, they bring in agencies that they've worked with in the past without doing a competitive bid. Oh, there's so many mistakes people make. You know, it's mostly around people. There are people hiring, I think. I don't, and I, another thing I think, um, Anatoly, that I've seen a lot is when a new CMO or leader comes in, they clean house. They say, that I was hired to, you know, clean house. They CEO wasn't happy with the way things were going. So I'm going to get rid of all these people and start new. It's like, no, that's the absolute worst thing you could do. You need to have an honest conversation with every single person on your marketing te te team and understand what their strengths are, what their aspirations are, what their skills are. And just don't make a blanket statement that out with the old, I'm going to bring in my new people from my, my sister company that I've always worked with, you know, because it's easier. And I've heard people say, I only get one chance to do this right. I have to, you know, go with people I know and trust. It's the wrong signal to send to the organization. So yeah. that's what I, I found. Uh, so maybe it's a la lack of standards or transparency or values. I don't know what it is, but it's it's mm. not good. It's not good for morale. So. Yeah, got it. Yeah, valuable. Uh, I have the question that I always ask uh, experts in my show uh, about uh, starting from scratch, for example, you have no experience, 50 years of experience in marketing. What would you do today if you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills uh, oh. to build your marketing career? Oh, if I had no. Uh, so I would I would do, like I said earlier, I build some marketable skills. So whether it's in uh, copywriting or SEO, <clears throat> uh, whether it's in um PR, what, whatever it is, I would build my marketable skills. There's a lot of, whether it's analytics, you know, there's a lot of free courses from HubSpot and from Google Analytics and from a host of companies that are free that you can take. So I would take some LinkedIn training, online training, free training, some you might have to pay for. And I would get some kind of, um, personally, I would take get some kind of a certification or credentials that I can say I've 
I've uh, taken these courses and I'm a certified digital marketing professional or social media mm -hmm. professional. At least you have something to walk in that someone will say, I'll pay money for this skill set. Otherwise, you know, you have nothing to go on, right? You have to have something in your toolbox to show that you can add value. So that's how I would start. I would get take some free courses, get some certifications, add them to your resume, and then, um, you know, take it from there. Get your first role and then, you know, overperform, <laughs> overdeliver. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from there, I think you skyrocket. Yeah, yeah, valuable, valuable. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but, you know, uh, I found one thing that when people take courses and do nothing <laughs> after that, you know, so you can learn from courses, but you need to implement ideas you need to uh do something because uh learning doesn't bring anything but doing uh brings results shows what actually yeah. works for you so yeah it's better yeah. to do after learning courses courses are great but they have no golden buttons they have no secrets yeah. they have just generic ideas that you can implement adapt and create your marketing career strategy and yeah results i have the question about uh consistency can you tell about uh, how to be consistent in marketing because uh, you know uh, for example uh, when i uh, for example when i start something new uh, like pr uh, and uh, for me of course uh, not for you <laughs> and uh, you know i can feel oh i can win in pr i can get all these mentions links anything but after some time i got it it's hard for me to compete with many others you know and uh, it takes yeah. time to improve skills to develop them to learn how you can go oh, yeah. in this way can you tell about consistency and focusing how it's important in marketing to focus in one direction and uh, how to improve skills during the way with patients yeah no you're absolutely right focus and consistency are key and things take time you've heard the saying you know people under overestimate what they can accomplish in a year but they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years you've heard that yeah. before <laughs> and it's true you know <laughs> so i think um being consistent, whether it's in social media posting and whether that's only once a week or if it's once an hour, it doesn't matter. Just be consistent, whether it's in your writing, where you show up and how you show up. And it's hard because you're self-motivating yourself many of these, many of the time, you know, without seeing any return, but it will slowly build confidence and trust. And that consistency is it's what's brand and reputation. You know, you're really bring, building your personal reputation. So that's mm -hmm. critical. That's really critical. And um, doors open, you know, and one door opens and leads to another and leads to another. Yeah, so. yeah. I remember uh, when I decided to grow my social media network and I tried to uh, to build my network on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok, everywhere. And, you know, I failed. <laughs> yeah, I failed. Uh, but when I switch all my attention to LinkedIn, I uh, could uh, grow my audience because yeah. of paying attention to one specific direction. So guys, I advise just choose one direction, be become the best on this direction. So, yeah. and you, you can understand other niches. You can learn, understand, but not to be an expert. Be an expert in one niche. Yeah. Uh, to totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I have the final question. Okay. Uh, Forecast the future of marketing. What kind of future will be uh, from uh, according to your experience? What do you think? 
You know, marketing is an ever-evolving field, and that's why I think that's what draws the most creative people into this. You know, the most innovative people are drawn to marketing profession because it is so ever-changing. And the reason it's ever-changing is because it's ever-changing consumer needs, wants, motivation, and the behaviors. Our consumers, our customers are ever-changing, so we have to ever-change. So what's the future of marketing have in store for us? You know, I'm I'm not 100% sure other than I know that I started in analog marketing and I ended up in digital. You know, I mean, I can see the changes over the years, um, and but nothing ever goes away. So the biggest change, I think, is going to be breaking through the clutter. You mentioned that focus, a positioning. Um, I think that's so critical because uh, breaking through the clutter is going to become harder and harder. It's like a drop in the ocean. And, and it's very easy to say, you know, where am I? You know, there's so much competition. <laughs> there's so much noise out here. How do I get heard? Right. And, yeah. you know, you can't wait to go viral. So I think um, consistency, um, focus, you know, all those things and being adaptable and resilient. So getting back to the agility, you know, uh, thing. Uh, it's really being able to embrace new things as they come rather than, uh, I mean, explore them. So you explored Instagram, TikTok, all the rest, explore and be conversant in it. But it doesn't mean you have to jump in both feet, you know, cryptocurrency yeah. and all this, you know, be knowledgeable. <laughs> but um, I do think breaking through the clutter is going to be critical. And so I think developing our sense of creativity, getting from away from some of the A-B testing, I hate to say that, but really getting into the hearts and minds of what moves people, you know, what, what is it that really resonates? How do you, how do you um, make a difference in people's lives in a way that, you know, have your product a second, you know, your product is a reason to believe maybe, or a solution, but it's not how you lead. I don't know. Um, it's going to get much more complicated, I think, moving forward. Nothing goes away. You know, everything old is new again, right? Now they're doing direct mail because yeah. it breaks through the clutter. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> who gets mail anymore, right? So, <laughs> yeah, love so it. creativity, love it. Awesome. yeah. So I think creativity, honing your skills, you know, making sure that you're aware. And uh, yeah, I just love marketing. I think it's so, it's a fascinating profession and it's been a very rewarding profession for me, so. I've loved it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think without love, it's hard to develop your skills at any niche. It doesn't matter. Marketing, uh, uh, name them. Uh, you need to enjoy and love the process. So then you can go ahead. Jelena, it's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to reach out to you, to learn more about you, follow you. Sure. So I'm on LinkedIn as well. I think that's a good business to business channel. I'm on Twitter at ready to flex, ready to flex. I'm on LinkedIn at Angelina Jaspers. Uh, my website is marketing flexology, but if you type in my name, angelinajaspers.com, that will also go to marketing flexology. So uh, I have a newsletter and I have uh, a quiz to see uh, how you can assess your own test your marketing agility. So see if you're a cheetah, <laughs> Or if you're an elephant. <laughs> Got it. Okay, guys, you need to try it. It's interesting, you know, just to be curious, try it. Uh, Jelena, uh, thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Always uh, welcome back if you want to share you. more valuable insights. Because for me, I've learned uh, a lot more. You know, uh, I'm going to improve, to implement it. Guys, you can find all links uh, to Angelina uh, social media accounts, uh, including LinkedIn in the description below. Uh, bye this book because i'm going to read this book of course i, I 
I have a huge list of books that I need to read, but I'm going to use uh, to read your book as well because I want to be a better yeah. bot. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Excellent. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, Anatoly. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.